Football on the Sports Social Podcast Network is brought to you by BetVictor. Don't like your odds? Enjoy daily bet boosts on your favourite sports and make your best bet now at betvictor.com. 18 plus, begambleaware.org. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Welcome back, my friends, to the podcast that truly never ends. Yes, this is the Blue Day podcast, and for Chelsea fans everywhere, every day is a Blue Day. I am your host, the creator, the man with a face for podcasting, Keith Lawrence, and joining me this week is former Chelsea defender and a man who's probably just as pleased as I am that the season is finally finished. It's Steve Wick. Steve, Hello, how Keith. are we? Welcome back yeah. to the show. It's been an interesting season. Um, where would you like to start? Um, well, I think things were going well, Keith, at one stage, at the early part of the season. And um, and then we lost probably one of our best sources of uh, attacking flair, as well as defending, when Chilwell got injured. And then Reese James, a little bit later on, got injured, and we lost those in the in the same back. game. Actually, yeah. it was against Juventus at Stamford yeah. Bridge. Those yeah, fullbacks were causing havoc and playing really well, and we were mm. playing really well. And um, we lost them for a little while, and we did didn't really find our way sort of after that, really. Well, so what we're going to do today, folks, is this is going to be the last sort of generalised review of Chelsea before the summer. We're going to have a review of the season. We're going to talk about the new owner Todd Bowley. And we're just going to sort of put certain scenarios across that I had in my head when I was going to the ground on Sunday and something that I thought about during and after the game. But we're going to start off by talking about this potential new owner and obviously the breaking news as you, by the time you hear this, it will probably be old news. But the government finally have got off their arse and actually done a bit of work for once and they've approved this potential new ownership model of Todd Bowley as the lead figurehead of going to be the new owner of the club. The Premier League have approved it. This licence that we've been under through the sanctions is expiring on May 31st, so not long at all. But it does seem as if a new era is going to start. Todd Bowley was there on Sunday. He greeted Thomas Tuchel on the pitch. And it seems that they're going to have a good rapport with each other. Something that we probably didn't think would ever happen this time last year, a new ownership. But what do you think, Steve? Do you, do you think uh, Mr. Bowley's going to be the owner that Chelsea need or the fact that it's a case of we'll, we're partly desperate for a new owner, so we'll take anybody? Um, to be fair, I'm a little bit upset that Sir Jim Ratcliffe never got it, really. I would have liked Chelsea to have stayed British. Um, I'm not a lover with the exception of the Liverpool owner who has run Liverpool, John Henry has run Liverpool in a fantastic way. Um, he's, had, he's given his man, his manager time. They've created a fantastic team, uh, which could be the ice on the cake for their season. Um, a triple. But I'm not a lover of the American way. I don't think they understand at all English football. Um, and just what I've seen of him whistling and, and um, we're, 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 the jury's out. Um, I understand he's released 200 million for Thomas Tuchel to uh, strengthen the squad. 
um, which is commitment for you. Um, uh, but we'll, what we've got to do, we've got to make up 19 points. Um, and I don't know whether 200 million to do that at the moment, especially when you look at Liverpool signing the players that they're going to sign and Man City signing Haaland. It's going to be a tough season. Well, the rumours about the 200 million, whether or not that's true, but that if it is, then you've also got to put into account potential departures. And I'm not talking about the ones that are going for free. I'm talking about potential players one year left on their contract. Chelsea might decide, you know what, we might cash in on them. They've not had a good season. Or players that have been there for a while that are on longer contracts that are pretty much not good enough and that's been proven this season but we'll talk about players incomings and outgoings we're going to have a little game later on we'll sort of end that um end the show on that what we did this time last year we'll talk about players that we'd like to buy or players that we want to sell but just want to sort of touch on the season as a whole and one player that did come in last season with a lot of hoo-ha a lot of fanfare and a lot of money was Romelu Lukaku. Now, we discussed this at length throughout the whole season, Steve, about Lukaku, and I'm still a fan of his, no matter the fact that he's not had the greatest season, and he's pretty much upset a lot of Chelsea fans with certain things he said and the lack of goals that he has scored. But just to start off with, Steve, how do you think he has fared overall this season? No, I think he's had a poor season, considering we know what he achieved in Italy. He's had a poor season, but I think you've got to look at it. And, um, you know, uh, we've said in the past, the one thing Chelsea lack is a little bit when they haven't got those, those two fullbacks is pace on the outside. You know, we, all right, Werner plays that way. and But at the end of the day, it's getting to the byline or he, he crosses in, into the... Corridor of uncertainty, but getting it in there. That is Lukaku's strength. He's big, he's strong, and he bosh people out of the way and, and, and put the ball in the back of the net. The amount of times he's doing his runs and all of a sudden we turn and go out again, I feel I felt at times quite sorry for him because there's nothing worse as a centre forward. Keep running it, not coming in, going back, not coming in. You know, it, it's disheartening. And I don't think, and I was a little bit surprised when you invest you know, 90-odd million quid, you got to pay, play to that person's strengths. Um, but we didn't. And as the season got went on, the more everyone was keeping hold of the ball, and it was, a, it was all about possession, when I think sometimes you just got to hit it, and he knows that ball's going in there, he gets on the end of it, different kept the fish all together. So, in some ways, I've looked at him, and I, 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 I've, I've wondered at times, is his heart at Chelsea? Yes, I have. But there are times I feel sorry for him as a centre-forward as well. You've mentioned a good point and something that I've brought up many times with people at the ground and outside is the fact that we have, I don't believe since the interview we have played to his strengths. I believe beforehand when we first brought him in and he had the debut against Arsenal and he scored two goals... We was playing to his strengths and it looked like the Lukaku of Inter. And I'd say even the Lukaku at um, Everton as well. Excuse me. You know, he scored quite a lot of goals in Man United as well, which people forget. He had, you know, um, yeah, listen, we've got to, uh, see, he's not one of those players, Keith, that can adapt. He's not a silky smooth player that's a good footballer. He's not. He's a battering ram up, up front. Um, as other players will join in play and, but he's not interested in that he's interested in the 18 yard box and I don't think we're the and I think the turning point again was that silly interview he did in, in the Italian newspapers from then on it went downhill for him all the way and towards the end of the season he came back a bit well he scored he, he did score some crucial goals in the season I remember he scored one against Aston Villa around the Christmas time um, even before that, in September, he scored some you know, some good goals against Aston Villa and we were looking very, very good at near the, near the top of the league. And then we had a bit of a hiccup 
against Manchester City. We beat Spurs at three-point lane before that as well. Got some brilliant memories of Chelsea beating Norwich 7-0 that day. We go away to Newcastle and win 3-0. We then beat Leicester 3-0. Everything's looking rosy. The club's looking like we could actually challenge City and Liverpool for the title here. And then, as you say... Chilwell and James get injured against Juventus and it just seems to all go tits up, basically, in terms of how we played. And you look at someone like Marcos Alonso, who's played a lot of games this season, probably wouldn't have played as many games if Ben Chilwell was fit. And even Aspilicueta, to an extent, played a lot of games at right wing back, probably wouldn't have played if... Reese James was out. And bearing in mind, you've got to talk about players. If De Bruyne and Diaz, for example, was out for as long as James and Chilwell, how yeah. would Man City fare? How would Liverpool have fared without Salah or Mane or Van Dijk? We saw how Liverpool fared without Van Dijk for such a long time. They didn't win the league. So you're looking at that standard. And... It'll be interesting what happens in the summer when we talk about players incoming and outgoing. We'll talk about, you know, with the different players as well. And with certain results that was coming in for Chelsea, I mean, we lost to West Ham. We then threw away a lead against Zenit St. Petersburg in the Champions League. And then we... Narrowly beat Leeds with a last kick of the game, uh, penalty kick against Jorginho. Uh, we thanks to Jorginho against Everton. Sorry, against Leeds. We then drew to Everton's B team, draw to Wolves. That period near the Christmas time is where we really struggled. Mm. Results and even performance-wise as well. Performances dropped off a little bit. I understand with the COVID situation. And it was funny, when you look back on it now, we didn't have any postponements because of COVID. Teams like Arsenal and Liverpool, City, had maybe three to four. Yeah. Yeah. That's the difference. And that's pretty much what caused us to have a bit of a bad period that Christmas because we was using players constantly. I remember... Kante was 50-50 to play against Wolves and I did go up there uh, on that Sunday. It looked like it, the atmosphere the, from the fans was great, but from the players, it just felt like a training match. And it's because half of them were not fit because they've either been injured or a lot of them were still getting over COVID. Kai Havertz, yeah. for example. Yeah. I've heard a lot of very unhappy Chelsea fans on the radio um... And I think we've got to put this into perspective. You know, we were supposedly one of the best teams in the world. We played at Wembley twice in two cup finals. And it was a toss of a coin who was the best side. We had chances to win both those games. And we didn't do it. Mm. And to be fair, to me, I look at it, we didn't lose two cup finals. We lost on penalties. I look at it like that. Uh, So we've taken one of the which everybody said one of the best teams in the world and gone head-to-head with them and been very unlucky not to win either of those cup finals or even both. Well, they haven't beaten us in 90 minutes. We played them four times. Anfield, we lost lost Rhys James for a red card and we played brilliantly at Anfield with 10 men. And at Stamford Bridge, we was 2-0 down. I, I remember... Mane scoring, I'm like, oh, here we go again. This this ain't looking good. All of a sudden, Kovacic scores that superb goal in the shed end. And then right before half-time, Christian Pulisic, who we might discuss in a minute, scores a goal and everyone's like, my God, we can actually win this game. We're going to actually beat them. And then we'll talk about the cup finals later. but... But also, Keith, we beat Real Madrid in Madrid. And we're so unlucky in that game, by the way. So, well, you know, again, you look at the Champions League, we'll, we'll sort of discuss it with that. We did have a bit of a tough group, despite people yeah. saying otherwise. Juventus, yeah, they're not the Juventus of old, but they're still 
it's never easy to beat an Italian side in Europe. We got through against Azenet St. Petersburg. We, we did okay there. We also had the small matter of the Club World Championships to fit in our schedule as well, which we won. And that was a tough game because we had to go through extra time on that. So again, an extra 30 minutes on top of what normally would have just been a 90-minute game. And we got through with that thanks to some magic from our players that night. So we've won two trophies and we've lost in two cup finals. As you say, it could have gone either way with that. One thing I did want to ask Steve, and this was, this was a point that was brought up to me by a, a, a supporter of the podcast. If Roman was still in charge, had still had sole control of Chelsea, would Tuchel still be the manager today? Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, I think I think Roman knew a, he was quite educated in, in the football terms, um, and he would have realised that injuries and Lukaku, which I think was probably his decision to bring Lukaku back. I think he would have um, he would have given him another six months, and I think he's earned that right. He's won the Champions League, he's won the World Club. You know, people other than Chelsea don't think that's a cup, but actually. If they were in it, they'd love it. Um, and we've got two cup finals. And we've lost by, a, you know, we've lost by a Nats Willy in both of them. And to me, that's how close you can be to be a success. So I certainly, um, and also, you know, the other thing is that, you know, this is an ideal opportunity for Tuchel to buy the players he wants to buy. And let them know who he wants to have. And, you know, the, the proposed signing of the Seville centre-back, I think it's centre-back, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. That's right. He's a good player. Mm. He's a good player. Now, Rudiger has been brilliant this year. But towards the end of the season, he wasn't so brilliant. I thought he made a couple of mistakes and cut a couple of big games. And I, I, I thought to myself, his mind isn't at Chelsea. And Christiansen, to me, to turn down the opportunity of playing in the FA Cup final, I think that is just, you know, uh, you don't want players in your club. And he, there's always been a question mark, as we've said on the podcast before, about his attitude and the way he is. Um, so, no, let him go. Let him get out. Let's bring in our boys that, that have been on loan and got experience because we've got some bloody good players coming back. I just We'll talk about the... Cup finals in a minute. I do want to sort of discuss with you in terms of with Tuchel. You said that he's done a fabulous job. And there are many Chelsea fans listening to this and people that are on our Instagram page that are big supporters of Tuchel. You mentioned there that if Roman was in charge, he may be given another six months. If yeah. Would you say then if the results under Todd are still all iffy as they have been for the last two months. And we haven't been great the last two months. I've you know, been to games and we've seen it with bad results against Arsenal and dropping two points against Wolves. Do you think if Tuchel has the opportunity to buy the players he wants and it still doesn't work out, do you think he could be in trouble? Yeah, I think they are because you, you, you're dealing with American egos, mate. You know, the one thing about Americans is that they put themselves in a position where there's no relegation. They're there in the league and will always be there in the league. It's all about, he's got a very, I think it's clear point, they're a massive investment house. And they've put millions and millions and millions of pounds into this club. What concerns me is they don't understand football and they don't know how hard it is in the Premier League. Yeah, uh, you know, if we don't start off, then, yeah, I can see the pressure being on them a little bit. I really can. And I just hope they go to John Henry and have a word with him and ask some of his advice on how his club has become one of the most stable with one of the best managers and one of the best teams in the world. You know, and that's because managers have been given time. Both him and Pep and Man City. They've been given three, four years, not three or four months. Yeah. And you know, you, you look at the five best managers in the in the Premier League, 
it's Pep and um, Jurgen, and it's um, Conte, and it's Tuchel. They're, 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 they're the three best managers in, in, in well, sorry, four you know, best managers in the world. If you're going to replace him, who's going to come? Who are we going to have? There's no one Good really, question. is there? No. No. Maybe Jose for a third time. You never know. Oh, my good God. <laughs> if you're moaning about the style of football now, you're still a big But it was winning football. There's a difference. No, um... it wasn't the start. It, it wasn't the start. One thing that I do hope that changes, and I've, I've not been too cool's biggest fan on certain moments of the season. I think he has cocked up a little bit with certain subs, and we'll talk about the cup finals in a minute. Nine home league wins this season. That's not good enough, is it? That's not going to no. win you a league, is it? No. No, no, it's not. We, we, as I said, we're not, we were 19 points behind Liverpool. Uh, uh, sorry, uh, Man City. I think it was 19 points. Mm. And um, we've got to make that up. And we've got to, you know, the one thing about Liverpool and, uh, and Man City is that They've learned over the years how to win games, whether they're playing bad or whether they're playing good. They come out. They were playing crap against West Ham and they weren't doing too good against Aston Villa. Yet they can still win a game because of their belief. And that's what we've got to be like. We've got to be a lot more resilient. That's the word, resilient. Um, and I think Thomas will, will as I said, Let's get some of the players he wants that he wants to work with, and players that you know he wants at the club. And if we've got to get rid of Lukaku and sign another centre forward, or get rid of Werner and sign another player to make our 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 kitty up to I don't know three hundred and fifty million and replace them, let's do it. You know, one of my favourite players ever ever to wear a Chelsea shirt is Kante. But he's got to the age now where he's missing a lot of games. Now, in my opinion, we've got the ideal replacement coming from Crystal Palace. Player of the season for that club as well. He's an ideal replacement. And also, he'll get you six to ten goals a season. And I see him as a future England player. Oh, God, yes. Better. Absolutely, yes. I think yeah. he's better than the Leeds holding defensive Phillips, player. yeah. Yeah, I think he's a much better player. You get both ends with him, and he's a great pass for the ball. And Phillips so, has been valued at like sixty million pounds as well, which yeah, I think yeah. is, is crazy. But um, we will talk about the cup finals now. The, the EFL Cup and the FA Cup, both games I went to. Before we do actually discuss that, I want to talk about good something good actually. This is the only season where we've played Spurs four times and we've beaten them four times. Yeah. That's not bad, is it? One yeah. Of the, one of the best away games that, I, that I've been to that I can put right at the top of the list was the semi-final second leg at three-point lane where yeah. we won 1-0 thanks to Rudiger. And yeah. Spurs had, I believe it was three goals chalked off because of VAR decisions. Fabulous performance. We looked incredibly professional. Chelsea's defence was rock solid that day. Thiago Silva, he's he's defying science for me because of his age and his performances. He was outstanding that night. And then at Stamford Bridge, Ziyech scores that beautiful curler. He didn't do yeah. much this season, just gone, but that was one of his best highlights. And then we got the cup final. So we got the EFL cup final against Liverpool, which we, I thought we was we played superb that night. It was the best nil-nil draw I've ever seen. That was quality from both Mount teams. Hit, Mount hit the post and it just trickled. It was trickling and trickling and trickling and hit the post. Lukaku had a goal questionably chalked off, which images show that he was onside. But hey-ho, it's Liverpool. Um... And we was unlucky. He makes a change. He puts Kepper on for the penalties. And I, I thought there and then it was the wrong decision because Mendy was our best player, I thought, that the game. And he should have stayed on. I really don't like this thing. I think I think Rangers were a victim of that as well. Just, you know, where they put on 
Oh, God. Ramsey. Yeah, they put on Ramsey. Put Ramsey three, minutes, yeah. three minutes to go, and they expect everyone to get geared up to take the penalties. When, you, when you've played 30, 40 minutes, you're in the game, you're in the thing. Three minutes, you feel you don't belong. And I think they, they were a victim of that. I think we're overthinking it. You go to your players and you say, you know, the goalkeeper's been the best player on the park and he's made some world-class saves that night, that day. God, he's full of confidence. Leave him on. Yeah. Um, Plus, but, he also was part of the, the Senegal. Senegal side that won the African Cup of Nations through a penalty shootout. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but having said that, how fickle football fans are, had Kepper have saved a couple of penalties, he'd have been a hero. Been a great decision by the manager. You know, that's you sink or swim by decisions. And um, I would just get, I, I wouldn't even, I just, the one thing I'd be looking at is the five that are going to take the penalties. Um, and I wouldn't think any, you know, because so many competitions are won in those first five penalties. And then you. T- Discuss about the FA Cup final. I remember the, with the EFL Cup final, as soon as Kepper struck that ball, and I think the ball's still flying at this uh, at this rate, yeah. Yeah. they started playing You'll Never Walk Alone. And I thought, you bastards, yeah. whoever's in charge hey, hey, hey. Of, whoever's in charge of the bloody music at Wembley deserves shooting. I can't believe you put You'll Never Walk Alone as Chelsea fans are trying to get out the stadium as quick as possible. And then you've I got the... What, F- hold it, Mickey. When I played in the cup final and we <laughs> lost, let you hear roll out Red Barrel coming out of the winning dressing room and you've got Handel's Water music in the um, in the losers' dressing room. They play the most unbelievable, depressing music in the world. And all you can hear is them singing and joking and laughing. It's horrible. It's a horrible... But, but mm. they do that at Wembley. Um... You know, I think we got to look, you know, history. Um, and all our clubs, uh, Chelsea as well, have, have made history over the past, you know, but but Liverpool, have, have um, they, they've got a great history. And, um, you know, that is an iconic song, mate. That is an iconic song. I know you don't like it. <laughs> and I didn't like it when we got, when we got beaten in our time at, uh, against Liverpool. But, it's 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 you know Shankly was a you know he's not here anymore but he created a dynasty and you it's a little bit of a tribute to him and he was the one that chose that song you know that I'm not one of these people that want you know I don't want Real Madrid to win the Champions League I want the English team to win the Champions League because no matter what that's a good for English football and for the English Premier League it's important that our teams win it. I know you hate it. I know you're blue through and through. <laughs> but the big picture is it's good for English football. And that's why, that's why the clubs are wealthy enough to do what they're doing because of TV rights, because we're the best-selling league in the world. So therefore, if we lose against Real Madrid, who knows? Someone else might take our mantle. I want Hazard to score the winner and Carlo to lift the trophy. That's that's my preference, but yeah. But you were one of the people shouting for Carlo to get the sack. No, I was not. No, no I'm, I'm, joking, I'm joking. I was not. I wanted Carlo to stay. I thought Carlo that's was the most unfair of all the Chelsea managers. Mm. That's the most unfair sacking that has ever been on Chelsea's history. Five my... minutes after the final whistle, as well <laughs> in Everton's yeah. tunnel, he was given the news. Yeah. It's incredible. But speaking of cup finals, we then had the FA Cup final against the same bloody side. And then the first thing I kept thinking of when I was making my way to Wembley was, please let it go to penalties. I don't want penalties again. If it goes to extra time, let's just go out and go for it. Don't play too cautious. And what, what, what happened? Penalties occurred and it wasn't as great as the EFL Cup final for me, no. personally, from a football standpoint. But... You did mention one thing that I wanted to discuss with you, and you made a good point about him. Christensen yeah. saying that he didn't want to be part of the FA Cup final. He did not want to feature. And apparently, according to Tuchel and according to certain media reports, this isn't the first time Andres Christensen has said, I don't want to play today. Can you imagine 
and I hate to sort of make you sound this old, Steve, but can you imagine when you was a player, Ray Wilkins hearing that in the dressing room, that a fellow professional does not want to play in the cup final? Can you imagine someone like Peter Benetti hearing that? Keith, I, I always say, with the exception of finances and wages, I played in the best times in football. Um, you know, you love your club. You you do anything to achieve something with that club. You'd run through a brick wall for that club. And I mean, literally. Um, and you had a on your podcast, not so long ago, you had uh, Ray Lewinson. He yes. was a fantastic yeah. example of someone that would go through a brick wall for you. If you were going into war, you'd have him by your side. He was an absolute... And I've always, on ability, I've always said to you, I think Christensen has probably the most ability of any centre-half at Chelsea. But Terry Venables used to say, a great player is 60% ability and 40% mentality. And he's plays of about 5% mentality. And that's always been his problem. And I'd want him out of my football club as quickly as I can. And I'll tell you what, Barcelona will face this problem as well. I think with the way Barcelona mentality is, and the way Barcelona have been over the last 10, 15 years, I think him and Christensen are a perfect, I think them and Christensen are a perfect match, to be honest with you. And my God, when we heard the news about that, I thought the guy does not deserve to even get a wage at Chelsea, let alone. Do you know he walked feature. out on the Saturday morning? Do you know he walked out on the Saturday morning? Mm. He left the, the squad. Didn't even go and watch the game. No, he didn't. He didn't even give his, his teammates, who he's known for years and years and years, yeah. support in the biggest game of their season. He and just went Chelsea up. gave him the opportunity to develop because he was part of our academy. Yes, we bought him from Bromby when he was very, very young. Yeah. But we allowed him the opportunity to progress. I remember seeing him in the Youth Cup finals and he he, he just looked sort of... Buff. He, he, Buff. Yeah, he was absolutely outstanding. And then Jose gave him his debut and you just looked at it and thinking, this guy has got something. Yeah. Well, we, we've talked about this on the podcast. Technically... How sour it's turned out. Yeah, but... You know, I, I just hope the guy fails because I think that's, um, you know, well, what, what, what our boys would have done to have played in the cup final with that blue shirt on, you know, would have been, I just think, you know, what we'd have done. And to just snow, it's just, it's just, listen, as I said, in, in the days that were, you never tried to get, it was the worst thing you could ever do was get a fellow professional footballer sent off. That was the worst. If you ever did that, you got absolutely hammered. Now, everybody tries to get a professional footballer Dark sent arts, off. yep. You know, um, you know, we, it, 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 yes, it's, it's, it's a great game and it's a, a purist game and people are playing good football at the moment. But in terms of people rolling over as they've been shot by a sniper in the, in the shed end or you know, people making out, they've got broken legs and they're rolling and rolling and rolling. And the one thing I hate in today's football is when they go up with a, a card, you know, a they card wave now, a, yeah, yeah. Wave, yeah. imaginary that card. Yeah. It's the biggest load of crap in today's football. Um, so, yeah, but it doesn't surprise me with Christensen. We've had his problems before, you know, when he went for a wee for 25 minutes uh, at Arsenal or something, didn't he? Mm. Um, yeah. No, then go. With the cup final itself, Steve, we'll sort of wrap up the cup final and then we'll talk about players' incomings and outgoings before we wrap up. Mason Mount missed his penalty. Um, I remember when I was watching it, I had a good view of the pens. People around me were like, yes, Mason's going to score. He's going to hit it at the back of the net. He's going to be fine. And then, lo and behold, he bloody misses. The abuse he received on social media... Not by me, but by alleged Chelsea supporters. As you know, we won't even call them Chelsea supporters. We'll just call them morons. By morons on social media that think that they have a say on life and what footballers should and should not do. Gave Mason a a lot of abuse. Uh, Not on. And I just hope that those people, if, if they ever get caught, 
don't come to Stamford Bridge and they're barred. It's the same people with regards to these pitch invasions that go on the pitch, not to celebrate and be part of that unique game, but to cause havoc and to be idiots. Well, social media has a lot to answer for, but every true Chelsea fan, true Chelsea fan, will have nothing but the utmost respect for that young man. He has worn that short shirt with pride. He's been a credit to him, himself and his family and to the club. Um, and I, to be fair, people who treat people like that need shooting. Um, and to me, I felt gutted because it was Mason Mount. Gutted because it was him. Um, and I think he's been an absolute, you know, superstar at Chelsea. And then, do you know something about that young man? He'd never say he didn't want to play in an FA Cup final for Chelsea. He, he, he's one of those players that will give everything. and um, He'd be the know. first one there. Yeah, I, I think those uh, people on social media are Spurs fans or Arsenal fans or Tottenham fans, uh, sorry, Man United fans in disguise. Because hmm. Chelsea fans would never do that to him, I wouldn't have thought. And if not they did... One, not ones they, that go to home and away matches, no, absolutely they not. Shame themselves. Shame absolutely. themselves. So we lose two cup finals this season, despite the fact we've won two, two trophies, although some people might say they were nothing trophies, but for us, they're still trophies. We finished third in the league. Overall, finishing third in the league partly was my expectation going into this season anyway, because I did not think we was going to surpass Liverpool or Man City, but I wanted us to compete. Me personally, I'm happy with third. But I felt we should have been out of sight from Arsenal and Tottenham and Man United. I felt that over the season was concluding, they were starting to get near us a little bit too much for my liking. Because I felt with the way we are as a club and the players, we are much better than Arsenal. We are much better than Tottenham. I would say we're probably five years ahead of Man United, the way they are at the moment. And I just felt with certain results, the likes of Brentford at home and Arsenal, Arsenal was a fucking travesty. And even the Wolves um, draw, we just looked a little bit leggy. And I just think that there was moments of that period, probably the Real Madrid result didn't help the, the squad, but it just looked and the atmosphere was like, we just can't wait for this season to bloody finish. Yeah, uh, well, I think I think when you've been serial winners, and you're you're playing out a season that you know that you can't win anything more, if you like. It's very hard. And also with what was happening at the football club. You know, your mates are leaving left, right and centre. They're leaving the club. You've got all types of whispers that Liverpool want, you know, Man City want Mason Mount. You've got all these things, you know. Um, you know, it's hard. It would have been a hard situation to be in, bearing in mind, Chelsea have been up there at the very top, at the very top, for a very long time now. And the one thing that that, that has got to come under control is the expectation of Chelsea fans. You have no divine right. And as this year proved, we weren't good enough. We weren't good enough. Over the course of the season, we weren't good enough. Through circumstances, through um, poor play sometimes, through bad selection, we as a group, as a club, were not good enough. 19 points is a big, big margin. And, um, you know, we, we need to regroup, you know, because I'm sure Spurs are going to, evidently they're going to push the boat out and get some players that... that oh, they come on, it's Tottenham, they don't spend money. I think oh. they have. If they don't, they're going to lose their manager. And well, I... <laughs> a leopard never changes its spots. Remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Before we discuss the final bit of on, on the show in terms of players, I just want to sort of just mention in regards to how I saw the, the season. I thought third was the most realistic objective and we got it. We are, in league terms, it was better than last... The season before last, 
although we did win the Champions League, but I'm talking about league itself. We didn't have to rely on the final day to get Champions League spot. The game against Watford, obviously certain certain circumstances, personally, with me, was a little bit different. But I enjoyed the game because there was nothing riding on it, so there was no pressure. I was just enjoying watching Chelsea for the first time in months because there's been games where I've been thinking, oh crap, we ain't got the we haven't got the defence to keep a lead and we didn't on certain games. But I'm expecting us now with the new ownership, with Tuchel, who I think will probably be a man possessed in terms of trying to improve because he's not had since he's turned up at the club, he's not had an easy ride at all. I'm expecting him to have the summer of his career in terms of trying to bring in players in and trying to get the shit out. Because he knows he's got to compete with Guardiola and Klopp for trophies, not Man United for fourth spot. Listen, I think you're... Now, I think you're looking too high with Man United in fourth. I think they've got... Um, if we, if, I'll tell you what, if Chelsea fans think we got problems, they have got major problems. And I look at it and I'd say that the, the, the team that can... The biggest opponents we got that, that, that are going to push us this year is is Tottenham. And I think Tottenham, to me, but say something to you, Keith, and I've said it all along. Liverpool, add up the goals, their forward score. Man City, no centre forward. Add up the goals they score. Chelsea, with a £90 million centre forward, add up the goals we score. And what we do, we don't score enough goals. That's right. We don't score enough goals. And we need, whether it's Lukaku or A, another, we need someone to score those 20, 21 goals a season to compete with Liverpool and Man City. I told you, winning the Champions League was a... No one will ever do that again with our leading goal scorer with nine goals. That was the biggest miracle. And and half of them were penalties. Yeah. (laughs) But but what what this year what's happened is we've been found out. We can't have Werner going another season missing thirty eight goals. Oh God, we no. can't. No. We can't have Lukaku scoring eight goals or nine goals, whatever he scored. It's not good enough. And also, what we've got to find is some creativity in the middle of the park. Now, if that's Mason Mount coming in and playing centre midfield, so be it. But we've got to create things from the midfield we're all very similar and we don't we haven't got that person we haven't got a De Bruyne we haven't we got someone to see that part <laughs> yeah, we did decision ever in Chelsea's history but what I'm saying is we haven't got he can look up he spots a ball bang goal we haven't got anyone in our midfield that does that no one you've got Jorginho plays very deep Kante plays very deep you know it, it's that to me, is uh, of paramount importance a creative midfield player. Well, I'm glad you discussed about players and the type of players coming in because this is the last bit of the show before we sign off for this season and then we're going to announce certain bits to close the show. We did this last year, Steve, and I did look at it and it was very fascinating with players that we said that we would want to sell and players that we'd want to buy. I think I said Haaland, didn't I? I believe last season you said Haaland. Would you like me to try and find what you did say last season? Yeah. Right, let me try and find it. Hang on, bear, bear with me. I'll Harland, try and find Anderson, centre-half at Crystal Palace. Oh, crap. Where, where did you put it? Aha! Oh, my God. So much. Right, it's going to be bloody hard to try and find it now, but I will try and find it. Uh, why don't I put dates on this? It would have been so much easier. Aha! Found it. Right. So what we did last season, for those new listeners uh, of the show, we previewed the summer transfer window and we picked out players that we would look to to bring in. And Steve, you did mention Haaland. 
yeah. as one of the big sort of names. My three was Sancho, Rice, and Lotaro Martinez, who's at Inter. And the three players that I would let go was Barkley, Jorginho, and Kepa. And Sancho. You'd let him go now, wouldn't you? Sancho, well. Oh, yeah. actually, I do no, have I your three. You've never spent I... 72 million quid on Sancho. I do have your three. It was Haaland, Anderson, and Tillemans at Leicester. That was your yeah. three. So, what we're going to do to end the show, because I, I did enjoy uh, doing it last year, we're going to talk about the three players that we would sell first. So... I will start with mine. I'll get. I want to get your thoughts. The first one I would sell would be Loftus Cheek, because I think personally, if we're going to have Conor Gallagher back, and we might even get a creative midfielder in as well as, I don't think Loftus Cheek is that player, and I think he's got to the stage of his career where he's now sink or swim. I believe now he's not at that level where Chelsea want to be. A good Aston Villa signing. Yes. Yes. Or Everton. Well, you never know with Frank. With Frank, yeah. You never yeah. know with Frank. The next one, and I would pack his bags for him, Hakim Ziyech. I don't yeah. think he is, I don't think he's good enough for Chelsea. He might turn out to be another Mo Salah whereby we sell him and then he'll do fantastic, come back to the Premier League and then score 20, 30 goals. But at this moment in his career, he doesn't turn up for big games. He's a poor man's Maluda, and I've said that for months and people have actually agreed with me. There's not been one person that's actually disagreed with me on that. And I just think with certain players that we could be linked with, Let's cut our losses with him. I think he's twenty eight, twenty nine anyway, so he's no he's 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 not a young guy. But he would be the next one on my list. And the fir- final one, he's been linked with Newcastle, and I I could see this being a very good move for him, is Kepper. I think we need a backup goalkeeper, please. We'll get one. Yeah, I think uh, we'll a- get one. Maybe it's, it's time to be fair with him just to um, for him to play. Yes. You know, he hasn't played for a long time. I think, you know, I, I, I Zelic, I think he's dibby-dabby, flicky. I, I, I'm not, a, I'm not a, a fan at all. I, I ask myself how any Chelsea fan can say that Werner shouldn't be released. And uh, to he's me... He's got a great song, Steve. Come on. He's no, got no, no. Jesus Christ. Honestly, I've never known anyone. And I keep looking at his goals at Leipzig. I keep looking. And they are some unbelievable goals there. Um, but no. Just no. There's no players like a Werner at Liverpool or Man City. There's no players like a Werner at Liverpool or Man City. You know. Um, yeah. So Werner would be your first one then, yes? Uh, yeah. Right, I'll uh, I'll write this down for this time next year. Right. Jorginho. Good shout. And Barclays Bank. Now, come on, he, he scored his first goal of the season against I Watford. Don't care. It was three, a crucial goal. It's three years too late. And I'd, I'd rather keep Loftus there as a squad player than I would Barclays. Well... We shall see with that. I do agree with you on Jorginho, though. I think his time has come to an end. His contract runs out in 2023. Um, I personally feel that it's time for him to go. He's been an okay servant for Chelsea. Yes, we've won trophies with him. He's done all right. He's done well. But now's the time. Well, I think Chelsea have got to create a new image and a new style of play. They need to do that. Yeah. Uh, Now, the three players to buy. I'll start with mine. And then it'll be interesting to get your thoughts on on these and also your thoughts on the three players that you would choose. The first one would be Jules Kunde from Seville. And it looks as if Chelsea are talking to Seville at the moment. And it looks as if a fee is going to be agreed of around 60 million euros. 
he wants to come to the Premier League as far as I've as far as I've been told and Chelsea's gonna be the club, I think. We need centre backs, Steve, don't we? The players that are looking to go. Christensen we've talked about, Rudiger we've talked about, Alonso wants to go, so he let him go. Yeah, to, to be fair, they, they they've done bloody well for the club, but Aspilicueta looks like he wants to go as well, and you can't can't deny if he wants to go, let him go. And what I like about Alonso, there's never any trouble with him. If he gets left out, if he just gets on, he's a model professional footballer. Um, And I've got nothing but respect for Aspilicueta and uh, Alonso, good professional, and and indeed Jorginho, good professionals, great professionals. Especially Aspilicueta has got to be the best but pound for pound signing Chelsea's ever had. I'd say he's been one of the best signings in Romans, de- de- yeah. most definitely in Romans' era. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. My next one is a bit oh, left field. Max Ahrens from Norwich City. He's young. Yeah. He's got huge potential going forward. And I think with potential rumours, the fact that Tuchel sees James as more as a right-sided centre-back than a wing-back, I think Max Ahrens fits that bill. And I think he's the perfect player for Tuchel. He's young, he's energetic, he will get up and down that pitch. And I believe with him in a better team, you will see the best of him. Andrew Robertson was the same. You took him out of hole. You he yeah. plays for Liverpool. You look at what he. You look at what he is now. Max Aaron's, I think, would be that potential player. Your fault, Steve. Before I talk about my final one, which will probably shock you. No, I, I, listen. I think that. But to me, if you're looking for someone to influence Chelsea, closing the gap between Liverpool, Man City, and ourselves, that's the signing for the future. He, that's the signing for the future, and. We have an unbelievable left-back. When he's fit, he's the best left-back in the country. Um, and I understand he'd be fit for the start of the season. And he's got an outside chance to get to the World Cup. So that, that, that's good news. Um, no, I, listen, I, 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 I agree with, um, <clears throat> with a lot of those signs. And I'd sign the guy for the future. You know, I'd bring him on. You know, um, yeah, I think they're, they're three good signings, but to influence at, at the top end of the, um, he might be a little bit scarred having played for Norwich. Well, I haven't said my last one yet. Go on then, who's his last one? Well, he'll be available on a free. He doesn't yeah. want to go to Man City for reasons I have no idea, which is pro- well probably because he would probably get found out by Guardiola in terms of not his particular player. Paul Pogba. My reasons. Oh, God. You like hairdo? No, not because of the hairdo, because I will definitely not copy it, because I'll end up getting divorced, definitely. I think he would probably get the best out of Kante in terms of his midfield partnership for France. The guy's a World Cup winner. You take him out of the shit at United, I believe he will be a better so, player. So you, you don't think he's contributed to that shit at all, then? I I do in terms of the fact that he has got away with a lot of crap at United, but because there's been no headmaster there. Tuchel's a headmaster. He will not get away with any shenanigans at Chelsea. At Juventus, he was a colossal of a player. One of the best players in the world in central midfield. And we tried to sign him when Jose was in charge. Yeah. He's a freebie. It's not going to cost any money. Mate, he's going to cost an wages. absolute fortune. He's going to cost... I bet he's... Not as much know, as Mbappe. Well, he won't be far off. No, 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 no. He, no, no, no. He, listen, he will want an absolute king's ransom. Uh... And to me, I wouldn't have him in the same dressing room as Mason Mount. I wouldn't want his influence to rub off. Because I think, truth be known, 
he's a lot to blame behind the scenes for uh, Man United. I think I've, he's an hmm. unsettling influence. And I, I wouldn't think, have him uh, he, anywhere near my football club. No, because he's, his name doesn't start with C, which I think has been the main contributing factor to United being a shit. But those are, those oh, are well, my three. Hold a minute. Hold a minute. Hold a minute. Ronaldo, if it wasn't for him, they wouldn't even be halfway up the league. I think behind it's the scenes, he has spat out his dummy more than once. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I, to be fair... The rhyme was on the wall with Man United last year, before he even came. You know they were agreed. They, I agree know, with that. They were reaching new lows, um, but no. Listen, it's a hell of a brave gamble, and if it ever came off, and he played to his full, you know something, Keith. You can't switch football on and off. You know. You're saying he was one of the best players in the World Cup. How I genuinely ago... believe there is a player there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there is. But how long ago was that World Cup? Uh, 2018, wasn't it? Yeah, so you're talking four years ago. Has he done anything since the World Cup? Or does he think he's a big time Charlie and won the World Cup and now he's just going to strut up out because he's, he's done it all and he's Paul Pogba? We'll see what happens at the World Cup in 2022. Yeah, when England beat France. <laughs> so, those yeah, are my three. Right. Before, actually, before we discuss your three, I want to get your thoughts. Because I think this one, you talk about Pogba being big-time Charlie and somebody who hasn't turned up for the last four years. Something that I, I actually laughed when I heard the rumours and whether or not this will happen, I, I can't see it for the month of Sundays. We've been linked with Neymar. Oh, my good God. Now, the fact that he's worked with Tuchel, and apparently Tuchel allegedly rates him, PSG need to sell because financially they cannot afford Neymar, Mbappé and Messi. So they need to sell one of them. Messi ain't going anywhere. So it's Neymar is going to be the one. I'd sign him. No, no, no. Really? Yeah. Creativity is what we need. I'd sign him. And I, listen, at least he plays every week. At least he's there every game, you know. And listen, great ability. Is this a sarcastic the sarcastic Steve I'm getting? No, no. The type of player we need is that flair player that's going to do things. And, you know, that type of player. We, we lack flair. We've got to get something there somewhere. We've got to have a spark. He's, he's, he's not the player. Oh, mate. He's, he, he's, he, he, his time has gone. Well, how old is he? Late 20s. 29, I believe. Yeah. He doesn't turn up for big games. My opinion, he's overrated. Yeah, well, yeah. I, but, but, but listen. He knows Tuchel and Tuchel knows him. And if Tuchel says he wants to sign him, then he's, uh, you got to back your manager because I tell you what, in terms of ability, he's got everything. You can't and Tuchel make... is his reference. I don't think many people from Man United will be giving Pogba a reference. <laughs> Good point. You can... <laughs> right. Apart from that, I'm assuming he's not on your three. But who would be the three that you'd look at? I'd like Laporte. From Man City. Not sure he might, not sure he's going to go anywhere, but okay. Bowen from West Ham. Ooh. Knocked one out of the park with that one, Steve. Interesting. I just see him playing in Werner's role, but being scoring twenty scoring goals. Scoring goals other than Werner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and. My biggest upset was that we didn't get Carvalho from Fulham. I don't think we were. I don't think we was ever going to get him. As soon as Liverpool tried to sign him in January, I think they uh, they had the deal in place. I, I don't think we, we was uh, ever that, get him. that's a great shame having that because I think he is one hell of a talented player. Again, I'd get rid of Zilic, Zilic 
and put him in that role and he'd be sensational. But who who would be your third? You can't you, third? Be, you can't have Cavalio because that's he, that was already done dusted with Liverpool. Who would be my? Who would be my? You can't say Neymar now. No, I can't say Neymar. I can't, be, can't believe you're in Neymar's camp. But no, but we need that spark key. We're easy to play against sometimes. And we need that little bit of flamboyant. We need a spark, but Neymar's not a spark. That's a sprinkler. That's... Here's one for you. Would you take a punt on Rashford? Ooh. I would. Does that long silence mean no? No, no, I would, actually. I would. I'd, I would put it. I would put in a cheeky bid in for Rashford. Yes. Yeah. Well, there's my third one then. Right. Ho, ho, ho. Your first one was suspect, but your last two interested. Rashford. No, I, I like that one. I listen. I've heard things that Laporte isn't happy. Mm-hmm. And if you could prize him away. Well, the fact that we've got a new owner now, there's going to be so many reports of us being linked with players. I mean, just now, since we started recording, Steve. Hold a minute. Hold a minute. Is a newsflash on my phone. Leeds manager. Next to become. Oh, my good God. The Leeds manager is tipped to become manager of Chelsea. Oh, behave yourself. I am. I'm only joking. Yeah, too. You've had too much. You've had too much wine in your little country estate. You need to stop that. You've had far too. You wait till I speak to Charlie about you. You need to be stopped. I like Rashford though because he can play up top. So if Lukaku's not doing it, I wouldn't play Havertz as a striker. He's he's not a striker. Rashford is, and yeah, I think again looking at the English factor that would help. He needs to get out of United. He needs to get out. He, needs, he to get out. needs to get out of United. Everyone can see that. Yeah, he needs to get out. And I, I think he's a, I think he's a great lad as well. He'd be good for the dressing room as well. Two players that we've been linked with before we've sort of finally signed out. Raheem Sterling, not for me. No, not for me either. And the lad at Leipzig, I will get his name right. Um... Nkundu, the winger for Leipzig. Well, Christopher Nkundu. I I, uh, I get this shaking and vibe, you know, and and when I hear someone coming from Leipzig, I. I uh, <laughs> um, Timo Werner, do 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 do. Yeah, I hope those. We keep him for that song. Come on. No, it will come I, good. Some, I hope some other clubs singing that. I really do. But, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you know what? Th- those those three. Oh my god! Our, our f- well, my three and your three, I think, will be very interesting. We'll be very interesting this summer. Yeah, yeah. It will be. be. Very, it'll be. It'll be very interesting. But okay, you you bet. I'm down to two percent on my phone. So. Right, well, we, we are, we are, we are going to wrap up. We are going to wrap up, Steve. On behalf of myself, I want to thank you for this season, with your yeah. input, your insight. It's been superb. Please listen to some of the episodes that we've done. The likes of the Terry Venables episode that we've that we've done was fantastic, and I would urge everyone to listen to, obviously, yeah. our reviews of certain matches, and especially when we've had your son Charlie on the show to talk all things Chelsea. That was special. Please also, if you can, throughout the summer, because there's no football now, no World Cup this summer. It's in winter. Catch up with our interviews that we've done over the last few months. We've also going to announce here now, although we've announced it on our Instagram page, Eddie Newton's going to be on the show as well on the 1st of July to celebrate our 100th episode coming up as well. So we're going to announce more more content coming up on the Blue Day podcast in the summer. Thank you very much for everyone who has subscribed to the show, wherever you are in the world. Thank you very much. It means a lot to us. Tell your mates, tell Chelsea supporters. I don't know. Tell your parents. I don't know. Don't care. 
Tell anybody. Tell them about the Blue Day podcast. We'd appreciate it. Subscribe. I've been Keith Lawrence. I will still be here throughout the summer. We will be doing interviews with certain individuals. So stay tuned with that. Steve's going to have a fabulous time off in the summer, drinking his wine in his in his vineyard, in his country estate. He's going to enjoy himself. But I would like to thank him on behalf, as, a, as a friend and as a colleague on the Blue Day podcast. Thank you. And all I can say is, folks, is enjoy the summer off. It's been a bloody long season. So enjoy your summer off. We will see you back here on the Blue Day podcast in August celebrating Chelsea. I've been Keith Lawrence. Keep the blue flag flying. Stay safe and carefree. Podcast Network.